Welcome to another podcast by Every Nation Brisbane. We're so glad you can join us here today. For more information about our church, visit us on the web at enbrisbane.org. Please enjoy the following message. Our scripture for today is from Genesis 11, 1 to 9, followed by verse 12, 1 to 3. I will begin. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had bricks for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they will all have one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come. Let us go down there, confuse their language, so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore, its name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord dispersed them over the face of the earth. And the next... It will be from verse 12, and that will be 1 to 3. Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Here ends this morning's reading. Thank you, Mr. Simba. Let's all bow our heads in prayer as we prepare to get into the word of God today. Father, I thank you, Lord, this morning that your desire is for us to know you more. And Lord, we find um, just so much pleasure and and so much fulfillment in just the reception of your word into our hearts, minds, and into our souls this morning. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you will come and speak to us, your children, as we prepare, Lord, uh, to hear from you. I pray, Lord, that you would help me to move out of the way that we're here directly from the throne room of heaven this morning. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. So we're starting a new series, everybody, uh, this morning. And the new series is called Go, basically tailing off of our our Global World Conference. But more of the angle we want to take over the next three weeks as we're looking at going is with regards to how we start to plan our lives uh, for this next season and even the next year. Uh, I'm reminded of Proverbs 16.9, and this is a verse that will continuously emerge over the next three weeks. Uh, Proverbs 16 verse 9 says, The heart of a man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. So even as we were acknowledging those who are graduating from high school, and later on we'll, we'll acknowledge those who are, uh, are graduating from primary school into high school as well, uh, we acknowledge that God establishes the steps of those who, uh, who give him uh, our plans. And so the title of my message today is Build Up or Build Out. 
build up or build out. I want to encourage you to take notes to help you establish um, the Word of God in your hearts today. Not not necessarily because I'm teaching it to you, but we want to steward well what God has for you this morning. Um, the reason why I have the term build up here is because as a New Zealander, as somebody who was born and raised in New Zealand, uh, there is a colloquial term called being a build up or being build ups. Uh, if you talk to any of the Kiwis that are in the room, uh, if you talk to, for instance, uh, Upu and Laughs or any of the other Kiwis that might be here, if you're known as a build ups, it's somebody who talks a lot of story and they build up their reputation, and then when they're faced with the reality, they build up and they let you down. Um, there are people that talk a lot of game but don't necessarily have the, the character or the skill, and there's no weight to their words. I know that as I'm sharing this, maybe somebody is emerging to the front of your imagination. Maybe it's an uncle who says, you know, back in the day, I used to play soccer and I could have made the national team or I could have played for this, uh, you know, but I, 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 they didn't pass me the ball. And so and then when you actually get them on the soccer field, they don't know how to play. Uh, you know, somebody who builds up a massive story, but they, they don't really live it out. Or maybe you have someone... That, that feels that way about their past. Like, the older that they get, the better they were. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, like the, older, <laughs> the older they get, the more elaborate the stories are. You know, like, 10 years ago, they would say, oh, there was 20 people in the crowd. But now they're saying there was 20,000 people in the crowd. And so, uh, we don't want to be build-ups. Turn to your neighbor, tell them, I don't want to be a build-ups. I know that's not correct grammar, but... Go with me. Go with me. You don't want to be the sort of person that builds up their story. And actually, that was a little bit of the trouble I had answering that question uh, that was asked at the break. What was the kindest act you've ever done? Uh, I'm, I'm clearly reminded in Proverbs that uh, it, it tells us, let, let another man's lips praise you, so not, not your own. You know? So when you start talking about kind, the kindest act you've ever done, it's kind of like the man who, who carries the trophy for being the humblest person. Right, so I was kind of like hesitant to to answer that question. Like, uh, I don't know if I want to tell anybody what, because then is it kind to tell how kind I am, right? Um, but at the same time, we need to focus and fix our eyes on what God has ahead of us, right? And so this is where plans come in. Um, how many of you have started? planning your uh, end of year. You've started planning for what you're going to do uh, during the Christmas break. Maybe you've started planning vacations. Maybe you've started planning budgets uh, for starting to uh, get um, Christmas gifts for for, for people. Maybe you're just worried about uh, what is going to be on the barbecue grill during Christmas. Yes. Uh, you've started planning out the different dates. So you pull out your schedule and you start to make these plans. How many of you have actually started planning for next year, for 2024? Okay, about five of us. All right. How many of you prefer to live a little more spontaneously? Like, oh, you know, whatever happens, happens. Okay, we've got a few people in here. Okay, it's about five there. What, what's with the rest of you guys? What, what's... <laughs> But it is usually this time of year where we start thinking about what is next. And so this is where we want it. This is the reason why we have tailor-made this series over the next, it's just a short series over the next three weeks. We want to start looking at how God establishes our plans. And again, the, the verse is Proverbs 16:9. The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. 
In noting this, we must understand again, and I touched on this a couple of weeks ago, that there are two sides to a spectrum, right? There are the types of people that make plans and they're so steadfast in their plans, they don't make room for God to move or alter or adjust their plans. And then on the other side of things are the people that just don't make plans at all. And so what we want to do is understand that this verse is saying we should make plans, but we should allow them to be placed upon the potter's wheel in the form of like supple clay of which he can shape and mold into what he desires for us. And so how many of you know, like Isaiah says, that his ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, and a lot of the way he shapes us goes way beyond your imagination. Now think about this. Think about where you were at 10 years ago in your life, okay? What country were you in? What you were thinking about? What you thought your future would look like? Could you have imagined that you'd be here, right here, right now, 10 years later? How many of you would say, yeah, I imagined this. I manifested this, as the kids say. No? All right, some of us. Josh has his hands up. Okay. You're wiser than us. Some of us are looking at me, well, personally, I was only five years old. <laughs> I wanted to play with uh, Pokemon. I don't know. Uh, so so let's, let's, look at, let's look at these the, the, the juxtaposition of these two types of plans in the form of the scripture that we have here today. And I'm going to read it for us. It says, now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and settled there, and they said to one another, come, let us make bricks, and burn them thoroughly, and they had brick for stone, and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city, and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed all over the face of the whole earth. Now, how many of you look at that? I mean, without acknowledging those who know the end of the story, right? would look at that and say, oh, that's pretty honorable. They want to come together. They want to build something, right? At face value, that sounds pretty good. We're going to build something. We're going to settle here. We're going to build it big. Kind of sounds like the Aussie dream, right? But I want us to note a few things that I have uh, taken time to just underline so that you can actually see a lot of the motives here. Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens. So I'm building up something towards heaven so I can be the one that is acknowledged because let us make a name for who? For ourselves, lest we be dispersed. So in other words, we don't want to be dispersed. We don't want to come out of this place um, where we have to actually expand and grow and, and be called elsewhere. We want to build ourselves a name. We want to build ourselves a reputation. We want to build a tower that is glorious for our name. Are you all catching where I'm going with this? And where did they find a, a, a place to build this? I think it's interesting to note that the place is called Shinar. Now, anytime you see a place name in a significant story like this, you should always look at it and on a map or, or actually read what the, what the word means. Shinar in the Hebrew means two rivers. It means a divided stream, wholly severed, wholly cast off. It means to have a divided mind, 
some translations actually talk about it uh, as, as being like a place of, of comfort, but rebellion, right? So it's, it's, a, it's a place where revolution is stirred. And so hearing this, we begin to start to see the heart of the men and women that start to build this tower. And the Lord came down to the city. And look at, look at what, what the Lord says here. Um, and he came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, behold, they are one people and they have one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. So there's an acknowledgement of God as to the insurmountable synergy that humankind is able to build based upon their own unity, even without God, around a cause. But is it a good unity? Is it good to be unified around a cause that is so self-focused? And so for the benefit of humankind, what happens here is that God comes into the midst of what they are building. And he says, come, let us go down. Now, why, why is God saying let us rather than I'm going to go down? Because how many of you know God is three in one? He is also unified in who he is as the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And so he says, let's all go down. And there confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. And so the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of all the earth. And they left off building the city. Therefore, the name was called Babel. Because there the Lord confused their language over all the earth. And from there the Lord dispersed them over all the face of the earth. God's intention, how many of you remember this from Genesis 1? God's intention for humankind was always to subdue the earth. We were created in his image for his glory. And then he says of humankind, let us create an, uh, humankind in our image to be fruitful and multiply. You remember that? And to subdue the earth. His intention was to see God glorified in the way that we are unified, but unified over all the earth, not just building for ourselves a place of comfort in a valley where, or a plain where we are exalted. So basically what humankind had done at that point is built a self-glorifying monument when he wants a spirit-empowered movement. Let me say that again. God is after spirit-empowered movements, not self-glorifying monuments. If monuments are built, monuments are there as something that is symbolic of what God may have done. But he doesn't want us to live in that place of monument celebration. You are with me? History should only propel us forward towards seeing his will being done on earth as it is in heaven. So they become points of celebration, not points of resonance. Let me say that again. Hopefully you're catching. God doesn't want you to just build a monument of great things that may have happened in your past. Like I said right at the top of our time of worship, today is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. And there's magnificent things that he wants to do today in your life. This is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Not just in our past, but the past is a springboard into what we're living in right now. Don't build for ourselves self-glorifying monuments. When you consider the plans 
that you might have? Are you building for yourself a name in your own name and just merely using God as a means to your end? Or is he your all in all? There's a difference. There's a vast difference. You don't just use biblical principles from Proverbs for your own means. You utilize what God has given us in the form of a relationship where he is Lord. He is our all in all. And we live for his purposes, his plans, and not to build ourselves self-glorifying monuments and just stick a little fish sticker on it just to thank you, Lord. You're with me? Because we can have a tendency to build our own empires rather than building the kingdom of God, as we've heard me say. Now, interestingly enough, right, chapter 11 moves on throughout a lineage of these people that are dispersed. And uh, there's a guy by the name of Terah. And Terah is the father of Abraham, who was known as Abram when he was born. And I think this is important to note that Terah... His name, again, names are important. Terah means a wild goat. And in other translations, it actually means delay. And and not that delay is bad, but delay is not necessarily denial. God wants to still work through the lineage of Israel. He's giving us the opportunity to still repent and follow him. That even for us, that maybe we've built, we've spent our whole lives here in Australia or here in Brisbane, building for ourselves a monument. God is, by his grace, giving us the opportunity to disperse and see the beauty in that diversity as we gather to scatter. This is the rhythm of the church, that we are called together and then we're called to scatter, to go and take his glory out. So Terah has a son by the name of Abram. He has another son. Haran, who, who gives birth, uh, his wife gives birth to a, a guy named Lot. And so Terah spends his time raising these young men. But they are in what is known as modern-day uh, Iraq. Now, interesting to note, right, where Babel is eventually became Babylon. And Babel, by nature, is where we get the term Babel, right? Have you ever heard anybody babble? They're just, you know, like the teacher on Peanuts Gallery, or for those of you who are Charlie Brown and Snoopy fans, right? Uh, sometimes, maybe, maybe you've been in lectures, all my students here, right? You, you're listening to the lecturer, and it moves from intelligible English to, that's babbling. It's also the term babbling brook, where it's just streams of water, just like, just babbling. It was a babbling brook. And this is, this is what happens when we move outside of the realm of what he has anointed us to do. It becomes unintelligible. And this is the, you know, the sporadic nature of how all of the languages are so spread out. Now, what happens is that the people of uh, Israel uh, alongside Terah uh, are living in that place, but God wants to bring them into greater places. And so the challenge here is also the challenge that he issues to us here in 2023 in Brisbane. The reason why I can safely say this is that in Galatians chapter 5, towards the end, it says, if you are in Christ, you are Abram's seed and heirs according to the promise. So I'm not taking this out of context. This is actually, if you are in Christ, how many of you are in Christ today? Yeah. So this is what God is saying about our plans to go into this next season, into the future. He says, 
Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that who will show? I will show you. Now, he's not necessarily saying to you right now, after the service, I want you to leave Brisbane and go to the place that he's showing you. Yes, Lord, lead me because we know that Nico will go to KFC. Yes, Lord, I feel you leading me. I smell the incense coming out of the chimney, right? So I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying that. But what we're highlighting here is three aspects, okay? Three aspects of where we find comfort when we build ourselves a tower for our name. He says what? Go from your country. Your country is a blessing. Your culture is a blessing. The safety of where you came from is a blessing, but it is not God. Are you all with me? I'm not throwing rocks at any culture. I'm not throwing rocks at any country. I, I, I'm merely saying that your country is not God. Your country is a blessing from God. It's a part of the story of who you are. The culture of which you come from brings a, a richness to the tapestry of which God is weaving throughout the nations, but it is not God. So your country, right, is not God. And when you can begin to embrace a fullness of the understanding of the, the leading of the Holy Spirit, it's the presence of God that is actually your nationality. It's actually the place that you're called to be in. Let me say that again. I want that to hit your spirit. The place of which you are called to be is the presence of God, okay, the country. Okay, and what does he say here? Go from your country and your kindred, which means your family. Again, your family is a blessing. Some of you are looking at me like, not, not this morning, Pastor Nelly. <laughs> your family is a blessing. The, the family heritage of which you come from is a blessing. I am proud to be Samoan. I am so thankful that God created me to be a Samoan. I'm thankful for the family of which I grew up in. But it is not God. Are you all with me? I know that's shaking up a few feathers here. He says, go from your kindred. Come out of the lordship of your country and your kindred. And what's last? And your father's house to the land that I will show you. Your father's house is, is your lineage, but it's also, just practically speaking, in, in my friend Paul's language, it's your actual real estate. Your real estate is a blessing. Your housing is a blessing. The, the wealth of which you create is a blessing, but it is not God. Let me go through those three things one more time. Your country is a blessing, but it is not God. Your family is a blessing, but it is not God. Your father's house, your, your, your inheritance, your, your wealth, it's a blessing. And how many of you are thankful for those blessings? But it is not God. When you trust in those things, you start to build up rather than building out. And the Lord said to Abram, go from these things. And if we are building these things without God, they become your tower of Babel. And what's the promise here, okay? If you trust in God to be the shelter of the Most High and to abide under the shadow of the Almighty, Psalm 91 says, here's what he promises us. Number one, I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Now, he's speaking to Abram. And here's the, here's the issue that we can have listening to this scripture in a very individualistic society like Western 
the Western nations, or especially Australia, is that we think that that's personally for us. But what he's speaking to in Abram, what he's speaking to in him is unlocking the power for him to be the nations. It's not just about Abram and Abraham in his lifestyle, in his life. How many of you remember his name was changed from Abram, a father, to Abraham, the father of many nations, He was calling him into it. Literally, his grandson would be the name of a nation that we still celebrate today and we still pray for, you know, in the midst of everything that's happening in the Middle East. His grandson's name was Israel. He gives you a new name. So you can either make a name for yourself or you can let God define you. And when you, when you spend your whole life trying to make a name for yourself through the degrees that you do, through your business accolades, through the different people that you get to know, and the people that may be uh, your friends that you get to take selfies with on Instagram, if that's what you build your life with, you are making a name for yourself, or are you letting God define who you are? And God promises, I will make you a great nation. And I will make your name great. Because your name is being defined under the name above all names. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you, right? I will bless those who bless you. So anybody who is a blessing to you, they find a blessing. You want to be blessed? Bless somebody else. Bless, and especially bless covenant people. Bless people that are walking in Christ and have unlocked the understanding of this. Because if I'm able to bless you, there is a blessing that comes to me. And guess what God also promises? And him or her who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So the promise is, Those who bless you, they find blessing. Those who talk bad about you, God's got you. God's going to protect you. He promises his protection for those who gossip. You don't have to stoop down to that level of talking bad towards them. That's babble talk. You're with me. You move on and you move forward in all that God has for you because you're blessed. You don't have time for small talk. Turn to somebody and encourage them this morning. You don't have time for small talk. You don't have time. The next time you're around somebody and they start talking bad about somebody else, you say, oh, excuse me, you're blocking my blessing. All right? So stop talking bad about this person who's not here to defend themselves. You only have one side to the story. We don't have time for all that. Stop it. I want to be blessed. Does anybody else in here want to be blessed? All right? Stop the gossip movement. Again, for all my Filipinos in here. Stop the chismes, Divine. Stop the chismes. Exclusivo. Stop it, man. If you've got time to talk about other people's lives, you're not living your own. And God wants you to live in blessing. See, the life of somebody who builds up or is the build-ups themselves is the life of somebody who gossips and talks. And you best believe the very people that do that sort of talking are talking behind your back when you're not there. 
Soar with eagles. Don't hang out with chickens. All right, let's move on. Now, you'll notice in here that the promise is, in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. There's the recurrence of this whole image of, you've got to understand that the nature of how God wants to bless you is not to build a tower for yourself. is so that you can be a part of the dispersion of the gospel. So it can be spread out. What does it say here? And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So that means that through you, through the inheritance of which God brings into your life, God wants you to be a blessing to those who are around you. Even the people that don't look like you, don't act like you. God wants you to be a blessing. Let me just say this. If you're a member of this church, you're, you know, like we're just thankful to be a part of a movement of churches that, you know, really gets to see God's, God's glory in the way that people of different nations relate towards one another. Wherever there's like tension, we want to be able to see God's glory reach those, those various peoples because the gospel is the answer. For all that the world is trying to find. It's not in you building a tower for yourself. So when we ask ourselves, the third aspect of what we're planning and building is, are we planning to build a settlement or are we planning to build in his presence? There's a difference. When we plan to build a settlement, there's a settling that happens where we become comfortable in our comfort zones. Nothing great, nothing great to the glory of God was built in a comfort zone. But when we build in his presence, then we have all that we need provisionally. We have all that we need protection and protection. He promises that in his presence, there is fullness of joy. I liken it to like having an umbrella, right? That his presence goes with us. The thing I love about umbrellas is that they're, they're portable. Wherever you go, you can take an umbrella with you that covers you because that's the nature of how God moves is that wherever your presence is, I want to be able to go. And when you're staying and you're stopping, I want to stay in your presence. So that's the nature. I just, I just want us to see these three differences between our plans of building towers of Babel and God's plan that our plans can often be self-glorifying monuments, whereas God wants us to be a part of a spirit-empowered movement. That doesn't necessarily mean that we have to always be on the go, because some of us are not necessarily, some of us are called to stay in Brisbane for the rest of our lives, but it's how we empower those who are called to go. Just because we're not the ones moving and going, it doesn't necessarily mean that we can't empower those who are going. We can support missionaries. We can pray for those who are doing the work. We can get in behind the next generation and help them to be released and go into um, the next phase of their lives. One of my greatest honors in being a part of this church is working alongside our youth leaders like, like Jeremy and Bianca who are here. Or working along Sammy who's you know, our campus minister and just seeing... The, our young people just come to life around what God desires to do in, in their vocations and in, in their school and, and, and also facing the challenges that they face as young people. Because I often forget, I'm not going to lie, it's been 30 years since I've been in high school. That's how old I am. I'll just tell you the truth. 30 years since I stood up here and graduated from something. I, I started... I started university at the age of 17, so it's been a while. 
But through that experience, I've got a little something to give. Not just my advice as one of those uncles, you know, back in the day I could have been this, you know, build-ups, but actually being a, an, a listening ear, just being able to hear them out, hear their stories, and just love on them. I love it. I, I love having that opportunity because it brings life to me. And that's a part, being a part of the movement because as they move, then I'm, I'm having that opportunity to support them. Um, making a name for yourself is part of our plans versus God's plan, which means that God will define you. God redefines you. Maybe people have told you you are this way and this is a part of who you are and this is a part because culturally things have happened in your life where this establishes your identity and God says, no, I've got a new identity in you. You are a, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy priesthood, a holy nation. That, that's what he calls us into. Right? And then lastly, are we building a settlement or a comfort zone for ourselves, or are we building in his presence? Maybe God is activating your heart, because right at the start of this message, when I read in Genesis 11, when they built a settlement, it's because they didn't want to go. They didn't want to be dispersed, because it's inconvenient to go. It's inconvenient to pour your life into the next generation. It's inconvenient to, to, to support anybody. I, I don't want to give anything away. I just want to be me and just have my me time. There's a danger. Me time is good if it's going to help you and empower you to be a greater given, a greater uh, person who will make a, a generational impact. But if me time is all about building me for me, myself, and I, those become your only friends, those three friends, me, myself, and I. So are we building towers or are we going in the presence of God? This morning, I'm going to just take the opportunity for us to recognize that we are a part of a community. God's building in this community, this church community, um, a people who will build his kingdom and see his kingdom come here in Brisbane as it is in heaven. So in just a moment, I'm going to invite us just with the people around us just to, I'm just going to leave this graphic up here and I'm going to pray. I'm going to give you the opportunity just to um, Assess, what are we building and how are we building? And then in a moment, we'll, we'll take communion together. And for those of you who are followers of Jesus and you would like to thank God for the gospel that's transformed us from the inside out and given us the capacity to build his kingdom, then we'll have the opportunity to do that as a community right now. But I want to pray for us, and then I'll give you the opportunity just to reflect on everything that I've talked about. Father, thank you this morning. Thank you this morning for your spirit that you desire to build in us, Lord God, so that you can build through us. Thank you, Lord, that you're building more of an awareness of your presence in our lives, Lord God. We don't want to just build towers that exalt our name. We want to see your name established on the earth as it is in heaven. We know that the best life that you have for us is to live in your presence, and we know, God, that you have what's best for us. In fact, you will establish our steps. You will enable us. Lord God, to see your kingdom lived out in and through our lives. So I just pray, Lord, you'll be all over every discussion and prayer that's lifted in this place. Help us to be aware of your spirit. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed today's message brought to you by Every Nation Brisbane. For more information about our church, visit us on the web at ianbrisbane.org. Thank you for listening. God bless.